am so excited to be with you here today. For those that don't know me, my name, my name is Pastor Eddie. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, man, we just want to love on you here today. I believe uh, this message is going to be some breakthrough here this morning. How many of you come expecting? I know some of you, you woke up and maybe said, oh, I'm going to do church as usual. This is not going to be church as usual this morning. I don't know about you, but, you know, this is going to be very intense because, you know, we're just coming out of a 21-day of prayer and fasting. So many of you are on the edge of your seat. Many of you are hangry, and I get it. Trust me, I get it. All right? Um, we'd love to meet with you. We're having uh, coffee with the pastors after the Panera Bread so we can eat and feast there and uh, talk Jesus. Is that okay? So we're in this series, New Year, New Me. How many of you have been enjoying it so far? Man, it's been, it's been crazy. I've been loving it. But today I want to talk to you as we enter into this finale of clearing the clutter. So if you have notes, take them. Because today I want this literally to be an impression on your heart and on your mind that you will always remember for the rest of your days. And that's how every message should be preached. Amen. So clearing the clutter. How many of you have ever seen that uh, show called Hoarders? Okay. I'm so fascinated by these shows. My wife hates it because I watch shows like Hoarders or like 1,000 Pound Life and a lot of other TLC stuff. I, I mean, I, I, I like it. I like to, you know, um, I don't want to say I like to see people in dysfunction, but I don't like that. But it's just interesting, their mindset and what transpires. So in this one particular uh illustration. You could just show the image right here. Here's a picture of a woman that was, um, her house was so filled, you can't even go into any room. So what Hoarders is, is a show where they go into people's homes that have this like um, compulsive uh, disorder, and they try to help them clear their clutter and clear their mess. Well, this particular woman, it was very interesting. Um, she was literally living in her dysfunction. She was living there, and what they do is they get a whole team of, of men and women that are dressed in hazmat suits. They have masks on, and they go into So they're going into this, this woman's house, and they're taking stuff out, and they have pods outside. So they're putting the stuff in the pods, and the woman goes out into the pod, and she's looking. That's, she's saying, that's not trash. So what was trash to them was treasure to her. And... What was really, really crazy was the, the guys go up to the second floor and they stopped dead in their track because the smell was so horrific that they saw dog feces all over the second, literally covered the floor. It was so bad they were throwing up, they quit. I've never seen them quit before in any of those shows. They said, I'm, I just can't do this no more. But yet she was so comfortable that she looked at them and said, I don't smell anything. And some of us, we are living in the stench of our own sins. And we're living in the comforts of our own sins. Maybe you know somebody like that that's a, that's a hoarder. A hoarder is someone that's marked by an obsession for repetition. Where it's these unwanted and intrusive thoughts just capture the mind and continually fill it with anxiety. They feel driven by possessions. They want to acquire more possessions because it makes them feel new inside. She actually had a book, a book that actually said the stuff I want to buy. 
So here's the bottom line I want us to kind of grasp today, that our minds, our souls are designed for repetition. But the problem is that we feed into our past mistakes. We feed into our past failures. We feed into what everyone has to say about us. We listen to the naysayers and it suffocates and it chokes the new you. But here's the question. Is your personal clutter getting in the way of the new you? Is your personal clutter getting in the way of the new you? You know, experts say that we think between 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day. That's roughly between 2,500 to 33,000 thoughts per hour. Can you believe that? Constantly thinking. I know 90% of that is my wife thinking about me. And she laughs. But our mind is always bombarded. It's repeating thoughts. And it's where the battlefield and the battle normally takes place. So I want to give you some strategy here this morning. Because I believe 2020, we're going in this new year with a thought process. We're going in a new year thinking, you know what, in 2019, I used to be this. But in 2020, I'm changing my perspective. And it's not too late. It's only a couple of weeks in. We're still in the game. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn them to Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. I'm going to be reading from the message translation. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 8 says this. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed, say obsessed, with measuring their own moral muscle, but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's actions in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open into a what? Spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God. Ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing, and God isn't pleased about being ignored. Some strong words right there. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Decluttering your mind from your past failures will create space for your future triumphs. i got to repeat that again because some of you, that, that just went right over your head. Decluttering your mind from your past failures, from your past mistakes, will create space for your future triumphs. See, we have this storage mindset. We have this storage mentality where we keep the unwanted things. We really live in organized chaos in our minds. We think we have this grasp on sin and we function in our dysfunction. And what we end up doing is camouflaging our sin to everyone around us. Paul here, what Paul is really saying here in Romans 8 is this. He's saying that there is this opposition between the flesh and the spirit. Where the flesh is the seed of God, the spirit is the source of salvation. And there's this constant tension that is going on in our souls and in our minds between these two. 
But God is saying between the spirit and you here this morning that there's an unbreakable connection. There's an unbreakable connection. But yet we try to disconnect from God by filling it with things that contradict his spirit. It's not you because you weren't designed like that. You weren't created for those things. You were created for a greater purpose here this morning. You know, there was a study that was conducted. They had two rooms. One room was a cluttered room, and another room was an uncluttered room. And what they have in both those rooms, they had two plates, and in the, one of the plates was carrots, and the other plates was cookies. And they found out, and they put people in, in, in these rooms, and they found out that the people that were in the cluttered room were 75% more likely to eat the cookie. As opposed to the people that were, that were in the room that was clean and uncluttered, they ate the carrots. That's me right there. I'm staying strong, babe. I'm staying strong. New year, new me. Body goals. So I want to tell you something. That study revealed a lot. It revealed that we suffer from decision fatigue. And when we're in a cluttered atmosphere, we end up making bad decisions. I don't know about you, but I, I'm a little OCD when it comes to my house. I need it to be cleaned a certain way. I need things to be cleaned a certain way. I got an amen from my wife. But I don't know about you, but I cannot function like that. When I see chaos happening, my studies go down. My mind goes down. I want to eat a Pop-Tart or something. Our cortisol, our cortisol levels get high. Anxiety happens. And we suffer from clutter crisis. But we cannot treat our future decisions like Amazon Prime. And some of us, were doing that. We're treating our decisions, God, I want it two days or less. You got I got to have it right now. But God has taken you through this process through the new you. And we can't continue with this storage mentality where we're keeping these unwanted things that are conflicting with the spirit. You know, we're a people and a country that we love stuff. Love it. Crave it. We need it. Where the, the, our country has 4% of the world's children, yet we have 40% of the world's toys. You believe that? Because we love stuff. We love holding on to things. We have this sentimental attachment that things that we think have monetary value. But the reality is that we're really living in fear, church. We're really living in fear because we're holding on to those things that were so precious to us 20, 30, 40 years ago. We're living as spiritual POWs. Prisoners of war within our own minds and within our own souls. That's why Paul said in Romans 7.15, he says this. For I do not understand my own actions. I don't understand this, God. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Wow. How many times you wrote this? You wrote the majority of the New Testament. Yeah, Paul here is struggling. He's not struggling in his ability. What he's struggling with is just that he just can't make it happen. And there needs to be a clear understanding behind your why. There needs to be a clear understanding. When we understand the cause 
of what we're going through. When we understand the cause of our minds, it will lead to the cure. When we understand our cause, it will lead to the cure. But yet some of us, we're in this diet church mentality. We're in this diet worship mentality. If I just have a little bit of church, oh, it's getting quiet now. If I just have a little bit of church on Sunday, it's going to get me through for the whole week. If I have a little bit of diet worship in my spirit, if I could just praise them on Sunday, Monday to Saturday, I'll be all right. If I just have a little bit of diet of the word of God, just a little bit, I'll be all right. The, the pastor's preaching. I could, I could uh, listen to the podcast and that's it and I'll be fine for the rest of the week. Oh, oh, I could listen to those preachers on, on TBN and let that be my source. You got to find God for yourself. You got to stop listening to everything and start looking at it like a diet. Well, I don't like this and I don't like this, but I like what this preacher says and I like this kind of doctrine and I like this type of theology. It's time to put those things aside and just start living as a servant. Seriously, so many, we come up with these attitudes. In 2019, if you was grumpy, 2020, have the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Some of you missed that. In 2019, if you were struggling financially, in 2020, believe that God's going to break through financially in your life. In 2019, if, 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 if you were looking for relationships and maybe you're feeling just lonely, and 2020, let the spirit of comfort just come on you and the peace of God just give you the reassurance that I am with you always, even to the ends of the ages. Come on. Let 2020 be that year for you. Let's change our mindset, change our perspective. There's lives at stake, church. Do you own your stuff or does your stuff own you? Do you master your sin or does your sin master you? Paul is saying right here, stop trying to fix the flesh with the flesh. Oh, and some of us, we're doing that. We're trying to fix the flesh when the flesh, when the ingredient is the spirit of God. But it takes constant repetition to get it right. So what I want to do in these few moments that I have with you, I want to give you a way. I want to give you three R's for repetition for decluttering your life. Decluttering your mind, decluttering the physical and the spiritual things. Maybe some of you here, you're just tormented in your mind. 3,000 thoughts per hour, and the majority of those are just being tormented by your past. I want to, there's going to be breakthrough this morning for each and every one of you. I'm believing that God is going to set some of you free in your mind. I believe that God is going to say, you need to be reminded of who you are in Christ. Let this be a spiritual moment for you right now. I've been having this word in my heart all week. I need to get this out. Number one, rep repetition requires renewal. Repetition requires renewal. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Some of you know this verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the what? Renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What does that word renewal there means? 
taking notes, you can write this down too. But renewal means this because I think this, this has such a significance. To renewal means this, to cause something to become new and different with the implications of becoming superior. Oh, some of you didn't hear that. Renewal means this, to cause something to become new and different with the implications of becoming superior. God has designed your mind in such a fashion that you're going to conquer your enemies. You're going to be able to shut the mouths of lions. You're going to be able to say, no, bad thought, get out of my mind. I know who I am because I was created superior. I was created better than this bad decision. And I'm going to not, not let that clutter my mindset. Paul is speaking here of a mental renewal. It's this paradigm shifting that we need to take place. I bet you if I went to some of y'all closets right now, there will be a whole lot of mess in there. Maybe there's clothing in your closets that still have price tags on them. Anybody? Yeah, okay. Or maybe some of your closets you have shoes just thrown randomly around. I don't know. Maybe you're keeping animals in your closet. I don't know what you're keeping in your closet. <laughs> but there are things, your, 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 your spiritual closet, right, it's something totally different. If there's things in your spiritual closet, you need to get it out. If there are things that are harboring your life, and is disconnecting you from God, you need to let go and let God. You need to have him come and do some spring cleaning. You need to have him go and go into the deep caverns of your soul and say, God, remove this thing because it doesn't jive with you. Because you can tell a lot by looking at somebody's closet. You can tell a lot by somebody's prayer life. You can tell a lot by somebody's word life, praise life. Can I keep going? You could tell a lot. You could come here on Sunday, but you can't fool, you could fool the people around here, but you can't fool God. You could camouflage yourself. But what's happening on Monday? What's happening on Tuesday? What's happening on Wednesday? Are you praying on Thursday? Are you fasting on Friday? On Saturday, are you uh, going out and feeding the poor? Are you allowing the Spirit of God to speak into your life and say, no, you got to do this and you got to do that? Or are you putting the brakes on God's Spirit? And say, no, until I'm ready, God, until I'm ready. And then when I'm ready, then I'll do your will. But, you know, I don't have all the funds ready. I don't have all these things ready. Some of us, we're still living in our no, and we're still living in, 20, in 2019. Colossians 3.10 says this, And have you put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator? Images. How many of us... You ever renewed your driver's license before or passport, right? So they're going to show an image here. So <laughs> this is this man. Now, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, but I, I wasn't a Christian my whole life. And I wasn't a pastor my whole life. This man looks like he wants to rob somebody right here. Um, so I never, got around, not, I never got around to renewing my license. Some of you, you probably haven't renewed your license in such a long, long time. If I went to look at each and every one of your licenses right now, you probably haven't. So what is that saying to me? Is that we're trying to still live in the past glory days, right? We're not trying to renew things anymore. We want to, we want to keep the past in the past, and we want the past to, to look like the, the future. But the, the reality is that we need a spiritual mind check. We need a spiritual mind check. We can't keep keeping the same image that was last year. 
We got to move forward to what God has predestined each and every one of you here for 2020. Repeated breakthrough happens when you subdue your past and you renew your present image. That's when breakthrough begins. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says this. And I know I'm throwing a lot of these, a lot of these scriptures at you. Why I do that? Because I want you to write them down, go back and read them and study them for your own. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupted through deceitful desires. And to be what? Renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Did you know that the images that you create can become idolatrous? The Certain images, we make them as an idol, and they become idolatrous. Maybe some of you, you're, you're trying to look for that, that special lady. And then you say, oh, well, if she had Rachel's legs, and she had Sally's hair, and she had Martha's prayer life, then, only then, God, will I be so happy and content in myself. But what you're doing is you're forming your own image. And I'm a, you could put that scenario into any situation in your life. But we're making it an idolatrous thing, a worshiping thing. You're basically saying, God, I got this. I don't need you. I'm going to create my own image to look a certain way. And we end up decluttering our minds and it becomes foggy and tainted and we lose sight of what could have been. And I realized that I needed this mindset in my own personal testimony. Many of you probably never heard of it before. But like I said before, I wasn't always a Christian. And there was a time in my life, I was around 15, 16 year, years old, where um, I had lost my mother at a young age. And I was pretty much uh, on the streets and living in the streets of, of New York City. And I got involved in gangs and I got involved in drugs. And I got involved in one of the biggest gangs at that time. And during that time, they actually used me to rob other people because of my size. Now I'm preaching and praying over people because of my size. So what happened was that there was a moment in my life, and I was suicidal too as well. And there was a moment in my life where I just broke down so hard and I broke down so much. And I just couldn't take life anymore. My mind was tormenting me. And I saw this bridge, and I put my foot over the bridge, and I put my hands like the cross, and all I see is just cars just coming. And I'm thinking to myself, they have no idea what's about to happen. And at that moment, I just let go. It was like a blank, just a blanket in my, in my mind. I was just clear, and I said, okay, I'm just going to let go. And as soon as I was about to just let go, well, I literally felt a hand that was like pressed up on my chest, and I literally fell back the other way. I didn't know what it was. I had my Damascus Road experience right there. I thought it was the drugs. I'm like, man, it's some good stuff. But it wasn't. What ended up happening was this. I went home, and I get a phone call from my uncle, who was the only born-again Christian, and I haven't heard from him in 20 years. He ends up giving me a call, and he says, you're not going to believe this, but I had a dream about your mother telling me to 
bring you home. And, he, and she's calling you to know Jesus. Haven't heard from him in 20 years. I go to his house. And it probably looked like an exorcism at that moment of my life. But at that moment, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But the story continues because I had to renew my mind. I had to change my perspective. And I had to get out of the gang. So how did I do that? How did I get out of the gang? I went to, I, well, I went to the gang leader knowing that if I even spoke and said, you leave the gang, you die. Right on the spot. They don't, they, they don't play around. I've seen it done. I've seen it happen. But I had assurance of this new faith that was inside of me. And I believed. And I went to him and I said, I can't do this no more. I have a new mind. I have a new heart. I have a new faith. I have a new savior. And he said, okay, no problem. Go. I know that was a lie because he was just brushing me off. Because what ended up happening when I went home was uh, an hour later, my, I get a phone call from my friend. And he says, you got to leave your house right now. They're coming to your house filled, three cars full with guns. And they're about to shoot you. And I said, I'm not going to leave. I'm standing for the first time in my life at 16 years old. I'm going to stand my ground. And I'm going to believe that God is going to come through. I didn't know who God was. I grew up in parochial school and Catholic school. And I did all my sacraments. Yet I did not know who God was. But at that moment, I exercised faith. Two hours passed. Three hours passed. I'm like, wait, what's going on? They should have shot me a long time ago. Some of you laughed too hard at that. <laughs> Talk to me after we have pastoral counseling. And my friend calls me and he says, you're not going to believe this. While they were going to your house, one of the cars ran a stop sign uh, or a red light. And the cops pulled them over and locked them all up, each and every one of them, while going to my house. And what's even crazier was that when I go, I, I was involved in prison ministry at that time. And I would go to Rikers Island like, on, week, on a weekly basis. And I met them there. And I prayed over them, and they accepted Jesus. The same guys that were there. <laughs> Is that new mindset that we need to have going forward. Number two, repetition requires reminding. Second Peter 3, 1 to 2 says this. My dear friends, this is now the second time. i got to keep repeating this to you that I've written to you both letters, reminders to hold your mind in a state of undistracted attention. Keep in mind what the holy prophets said and the command of our master and savior that was passed on by your apostles. You know, the number one reason for fatal car accidents is what? What do you guys think is the number one reason for fatal car accidents? Distracted drivers. How? Cell phone texting. 14% of fatal accidents involved cell phones. Our attention span is what matters most. In God's eyes. But yet, we constantly forget where we came from. I'm not talking about living, in your living your past and your future. I'm talking about forgetting and being reminded where you came from. And sometimes we need to be reminded. When people are shooting reminders at you saying, well, remember you used to do this and you used to do that and you used to go to the club and you used to hang out. Some of us, we lost friends like that. But God's given you a new mind because you, you're being reminded of what really matters. You're in a decluttering mode. You're saying to them, well, you know what? Yes, I was like that, but now I'm moving to the future. 
There was a, um, a, a, a TED Talk. Sometimes I watch TED Talks, not all the time. But it was very interesting, this one. There was actually uh, two neuroscientists, and they tested um, this mouse to see how his memory would work. And what they actually did was they activated a memory, uh, a certain part in the brain. They uh, activated it. And what they did was they would flash a light in a box, and when they flashed the light, it shocked the, uh, the mouse's feet. All right? And so they did that repeatedly over and over again. So they take the, the mouse, and this wasn't Mickey Mouse, but they took the mouse, and then they put him into a new box in a new environment. And he was searching over, he was in the box, and he was running around, running around, running around, and he was fine until they turned the switch on and the light went up. And the light, and what does a mouse do when it's fearful and it scares? It freezes. And it froze right there. Why? Because it recalled that memory of fear when that light was switched on. You know, some of us, we're living in that same fear. Maybe you have a hurt that happens, and maybe somebody triggers a word in you, and that brings memories of the past. Come on, I know I'm talking to somebody here. There's somebody here that there's a word. Maybe it's a word of hurt. I don't know what kind of word it is, but I'm going to tell you, that word has no significance against the word of God. That word has no significance when in comparison to the word of God. And you don't have to live in that fear anymore. You don't have to freeze up anymore. Be reminded. Can I give you some examples of reminders? Genesis 8.1, Noah and every living thing that was in the ark for 150 days, saying, where God, you put me in this ark. You had me do this crazy thing and this design. Where are you? But God remembered and caused a wind over the earth and the waters subsided. Genesis 19, 29. Sodom and Gomorrah was about to be destroyed because of the wickedness and Lot was there, Abraham's cousin. But God remembered him and he delivered him from destruction. Exodus 2, 24, Israel is in bondage as in slavery for many years. And they're crying out to help. God, help us. Send us a deliverer. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham. And he sends Moses to set his people free. Samuel 1, 19, can I keep going, church? Are you getting something here? Hannah's womb was closed. She was mocked and she was laughed at. But she made a vow, God, if you allow me to have a son, I would commit him to the Lord. But God remembered her and gave her a son. God remembers you. So be reminded of who you are in Christ. And the third thing is this. Repetition requires refining. Repetition requires refining. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 says this, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had suffer, to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, the refining process, in order for a metal to get really hot, it has to be about 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. 
And there's this refining process that happens over and over again. In order to get rid of all the impurities in the metal, they refine it. They burn it out. And then when it's done, it's put into this kind of like ceramic looking uh, bowl and then they pour it in there and they repeat this process over and over and over again in order to remove the imperfections. When the clutter of your life is found inside the crucible, that's what it's called, that ceramic little thing is called a crucible. The refinement process is delayed because we fill it with things that don't matter. We fill it with things that get into the, in the way of our relationship with God. You can't be molded properly until you realize God's intentions for you and you remove the clutter of your life. And that's what Peter is saying here, that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. In the refining, God's reflection can be revealed. In the refining, God's reflection can be revealed in you. You know, we just came out of this 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. And I believe it was a, a time where our church experienced such spiritual breakthrough. But church, I want you to know here this morning that God's fast is better than Egypt's feast. God's fast is better than Egypt's feast. That's the old Jew, Egypt's feast. Remember Egypt? You remember when the Israelites said that? Remember Egypt? Remember the good old days? God's fast is so much more better. It's so much more delectable. It's so much more enjoyable because we feast on the king. We feast on his word and it gives us reassurance to live because we constantly think on those things. And that's what the word says, right? Think on those things that are holy and just. I'm not saying you can't think about the Mandalorian or Baby Yoda. That's all right. But I'm talking about a spiritual nature right now. And in closing, Mark chapter 2, verse 22. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. I'm going to say that again. No one puts new wine into old wineskin. If he does, the wine will what? Will burst the skins. And the wine is destroyed. And so are the skins. But new wine is for what? Fresh wineskin. This was the old you. This was 2019. And God's saying that you need a, a, to renew your mind because you've been cluttering it with the philosophies of this world. And you've been listening to every other opinion except God's. That was for somebody here this morning. You're listening to things that have no spiritual significance, that have no eternal value, where moth and rust could destroy. And he wants to be set free in your mind here this morning. 
Set me free from that mind that is listening to every single body. And you're trying to falsify yourself and create an image that you weren't intended for in the first place. Get rid of the clutter of your mind. In that, the reminders God is saying to get rid of. Oh, all the accolades. Oh, I got this license and I got this degree and I got this and my achievements and look at me. Rah, rah. How we belittle what God really wants to do. Because God's degree is so much higher. He is the PhD. He is the highest authority that you can ever have here. And he's saying, get rid of it. Unlearn those things that you've learned. Because I have something so much better. I need a contrite heart. Get rid of it. Or some of us, we need this refining like gold. Oh, but I want to shine bright like a diamond. I want everybody to look at me. I got I to gotta wear the latest clothing. I got to have the biggest house. I got to look like the Joneses. What's funny was that my son, this is actually one of my trophies back in the day. I don't play basketball anymore, so don't challenge me on the one-on-one because that would not happen. But what's funny is that my son wrote on the bottom of his plaque uh, his name <laughs> like if it was his. <laughs> but you know what that tells me here today, church, that some of you, you're writing your name and you're on false people's images. You're trying to put your name on other people's successes when you don't have to. We just took communion. That is the biggest trophy that we will ever see. Some of you are not clapping and that's all right. That's all right. I'm still gonna be here all week. We're all gonna be here all week because I'm gonna do it first. I'm going to do it first. I need to change my perspective. I need to change my mind every day. I am never going to say I arrived until I get to glory. But instead, we need to renew our mind. How do we renew our mind? We got to turn things around, church. And we got to put the new you into perspective. The new me. How do we renew our mind? The Word of God. Fill your mind with the Word of God. Learn this book. Learn it. Feed yourself. How do we bring things to remembrance? God, how do I remember those things? Remember the things that matter most to you. Family, friends, your neighbor as yourself. And fill it. How do we go through the refining process? The fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit that are made for each and every one of you. The joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness. You fill those things in and the refining process begins to take place. And guess what, church? There's a new you. There's a new you. As the worship team continues to play, I want you all to stand to your feet here this morning. And I would like the prayer team to to come up. 
because I believe this is going to be a spiritual breakthrough moment. And we're going to do things maybe a little bit differently here this morning. But as we get into the worship, our prayer team is here. If you feel stuck in the old you of the past, if you say, Pastor, I just feel so cluttered in my mind. These thoughts are taking me captive. I'm thinking about the old ways and I'm trying to make them into new situations. I need to be renewed in my mind. I need to be reminded of who I am in Christ. I need to go through the refining process. If that is you here this morning and you're looking to move into a new dimension in your walk with God, I just want you to just leave the aisle right now and come right down. And we have our team that wants to pray with you. Just make your way here right now because we're going to continue to worship God during these moments because in this worship, there's going to be breakthrough. In this worship, new 